Good morning. Um, it's a whoa, dangerous. Um, I just wanted to take a few moments and kind of help remind us um, what this communion thing is all about. Um, I've been in church since I was, you know, about my whole life, really. And it's amazing how sometimes things that we become familiar with are things that we can sometimes tend to take for granted. Um, and I remember when our kids were growing up, I had to, um, I, I always try to make a point. If they were in communion with us, I always try to say, now, what's this all about? Why are we doing this? And I even checked with Marshall th this week. I said, is that true? Did I really do that? Or is it just some old thing that's going on, you know, senile thing moment? Um, but it's, and so I always ask them and check them, what, what, why are we doing this? What is this all about? Um, what's the significance? You know, when we do this, we're really participating in something that Christ himself instituted, right? So if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Matthew 26. If you have it with you, I don't think we have it. I know we don't have it on the screen, so we'll just uh, have to listen to me read. Um, but Jesus is in the middle. Uh, he's actually at the end of the Passover festival. Passover festival uh, he, and uh, was a thing that the Jewish uh, Jews had been celebrating for almost, at this point, almost 1,800 years, 1,700 and some odd years. They'd been doing this. Um, and so this is a week-long festival. This is the very end of that. And they're having what's called the Seder, or well, it has since become Seder, but was the Passover meal at that time, Passover feast. And so this is what uh, Jesus is sitting with his disciples. It's just a few hours before he's about to be put in jail, and, and just a few more hours, and he's going to be crucified. In the midst of that, he has this to say, and this is hugely important. Um, so they've had the meal, and they're doing this part, uh, and then th this is part of the tradition, actually, where they'd break bread, but I'll talk about this more. Verse 26 says, Now as they were um, eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Has anybody heard that more than once? If you've been in a church, we've heard it hundreds of times. But you need to understand the impact of what he is saying. Because to the Jewish mindset, this is Passover meal. This is something that's been happening for 1,800 years. In fact, if you read in Exodus 13, I'd encourage you with your spare time, kind of do this odd this comparison. It's kind of weird between what Jesus is saying and what the Passover meant. And we know through tradition we can go into what all these symbols meant, these symbols and metaphors. That meal was huge. The whole week was full of these crazy things that were really pointing to Christ. At that time, they didn't know it. And Christ is saying, I am the bread. And this is significant because what, what was the Passover all about? Does anybody remember? Passover was the celebration of the Israelites being freed from the bondage of slavery. They were in slaves. They had been slaves for almost 400 years, 400 and some odd years, 430, I think is what it is, to be precise. And um, he's saying... Um, and the Passover meal was the celebration of their freedom. Remember Moses came on the scene? Moses went to the king, Pharaoh of Egypt, and said, let my people go. I don't know what he said, something like that. He said, you know, it's time. It's time for these people to be free. Moses, uh, Pharaoh said, yeah, sure, Moses, go, leave. Then what does Pharaoh do? Pharaoh changes his mind. And so God then, to get Pharaoh's attention, I think, had the multiple plagues. How many plagues were there? Ten. Ten plagues. So this happens nine times. Moses says, Pharaoh, the Israelites are in bondage. God's people are slaves, and I want them to be free. God wants them to be free. And Pharaoh says, yes. Then he changes his mind. Then Moses pronounces this plague that's going to happen. Happens nine times. 
for its same scenario over and over until the tenth time. The tenth time is super significant. What's, what happens on the tenth plague? Does anybody remember? Yeah, death. Yeah, it's not good. And I don't understand this. In my mind, this Western culture, I don't understand. But man, yeah, the last judgment was death of the firstborn son and the firstborn animals. And this was really meant to go throughout Egypt. But what happened to the people of Israel? What, what was the provision that God made for Israel? The Passover, right. Okay, so the whole idea of the Passover comes from this. This is the roots of communion, is Passover. And so what Jesus, what Mo, Jesus, I did this last time. Moses said, it's not Jesus. So what Moses did is he told them, hey, listen, God wants to protect us from this last plague, and this is what you need to do. You need to sacrifice a lamb, and then what? Yeah, put the blood on the post. You guys are good. You guys are good. Uh, right, put the blood on the, on, the, on the door. And then what happens? When the angel of death comes, they see the blood and they pass over. Exactly. Now, the Old Testament is full of things like this. And I'm a hunter and I don't get too squeamish, but sometimes I don't understand what's going on, why all the sacrifices and stuff. It seems kind of gory. But I do know this. Something I've, if nothing else that I can latch on to is I think of the Old Testament, in particular the sacrifices and also the incredible uh, uh, significance of the temple and, and all the cleaning and the pure, pure, you know, rites of purity and stuff they did to purify themselves before they could enter the temple. I do know this, that God is trying, was, I think, painting a vivid, gory, smelly, and then sometimes beautiful, magnificent picture of his incredible holiness and his incredible purity. And the severity and the seriousness of man's sin. And then it was, they did all these things because they, God did not want them to take lightly the condition of their heart. So this is the celebration that Jesus is speaking into, right? So after the last plague, you know, all the Israelites that followed that commandment were saved. They left and they were saved. So in Exodus 13, we read that Moses commanded the people, we're going to do this, a seven-day festival every year at this time, this particular month, seven-day, did I say week? Seven-day festival called Passover. Jesus has celebrated that. In the midst of that, he says, I am the bread. The bread, in some ways, tradition began to, began to, uh, established that 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 bread, it was unleavened bread, so it was like a big cracker. Nowadays we call it matzah. Um, It was a big cracker, and um, and part of the ceremony is they would break that cracker and and, and share it together. And in some ways they were symbolizing an identification with the sacrifice of that lamb, that Passover lamb. But now Jesus is saying, I am that lamb. Let's read on. So he says, take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, drink drink of it, all of you. For this is my blood of the covenant. Some translations will say my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day has come, when I drink it with you in my Father's kingdom. The cup is super significant as well. There are four cups of wine you drink during this Passover feast. And a lot of people will say that, and, and the last one, or I think it's the last one. I can't remember. One of them, you pour, you, you pour it out. You pour parts of it out ten times for the ten plagues. So this whole idea of being poured out is significant as well. 
But Jesus is now saying, not only are we identifying with the broken body, I'm identifying with that sacrifice that's poured out. I am the blood that's over the doorpost. Um, and another important thing is I was really contemplating this, and I didn't understand the significance of it. And just during worship, it just so entered my heart that, you know, as I was studying these two things, Passover and Jesus' Last Supper, uh, institution of Last Supper, the four cups represented freedom as well. It was a celebration. It was a party. Those cups were celebratory cups of wine, talking about their freedom from slavery. So I wanted to give us a kind of this big context to understand that Jesus is saying something hugely, hugely significant. He is that sacrifice. He is the broken body. He is the shed blood. It's a new covenant because now it doesn't matter. At the cross, now there is no Jew, there is no Gentile. At the cross, there is neither rich nor poor. In fact, we are really challenged if we play favorites now. I mean, you know, Paul talked, you know, said, hey, you know, when he was addressing the church, don't play favorites. Rich or poor, educated, non-educated, Jew, Gentile, uh, construction worker, business exec. It does not matter at the foot of the cross. It's a different covenant. It's a different sacrifice. Christ is that sacrifice for us. And so um, as I was thinking about freedom, it was super clear for Egypt what God was calling them to be free from. 400 years of bondage. I don't think you could get a clearer thing about what to be free. But I also know what it's like to sit in these seats, stand up here, and still have bondage. And still have things that I just am a slave to. And yet there's a perfect, complete cup that we can drink of. And as we talked about today, that we can be made new. Let's take a moment... And remember, there was this practical, hardcore slavery that Egypt lived in. We live in a much more subtle, um, or we can live in a much more subtle, much more sneaky slavery and bondage. And I just had a sense and feel like God wants us to be free. Four cups of freedom. We can do it right now. And just in some ways, just ask God to show you what he might need you, want you, call you to be free from. And if this is new and strange to you, or you don't even know what this whole idea of following Christ, um, don't, take, don't you know, partake of communion if you're not a follower of Christ. It, this is really meant to be a remembrance of the work that he did and a chance for followers of Christ. In some ways, I, said, I say to kind of do business and let God kind of examine our hearts and ask at that foot of the cross, help me, Lord, to be free today. Free to do a three-by-five challenge. Three to serve in kids' ministry, free to speak up at work, and free just to put aside those things that are distractions, that are things that just drag us down and just meant to be bondage. So as we worship, um, we have a, um, come forward, and, and uh, you can just tear off a little piece of bread and dip it in the wine. There's also a gluten-free crackers for you. Um, but just, just take a moment to remember that this is the body of Christ, the blood of Christ that was shed for us.